My name is John Knox, and I'm with uh, Firefighters for Freedom Foundation out of Los Angeles. We're a group of stakeholders for the Los Angeles City Fire Department, and you're listening to Hall of Mirrors podcast. Uh, everybody, thanks for joining us. We have uh, John Knox, uh, all the way from California, uh, Los Angeles Fire Department, um, and you're here to, I want you to tell your story to a new audience. We, we have a huge audience, especially on Facebook of healthcare workers, first responders, uh, service members. And, um, yeah, you're, you're fighting, you're at the forefront of a huge battle and, uh, there's a ton of people that would love to hear your story. And you're the, our founder or associate founder of firefighters for freedom. I'm uh, just a, a board member. I mean, okay. I don't necessarily know whether we have a founder per se. It's just that we, a group of us got together. Uh, there's 11 of us at this point and uh, we have a, a board of directors. So right. based out of uh, LA County. Yes. Um, yeah. So we are out of uh, LA County, LA city. Um, LA city. Yeah. We live in different places or whatever, you know, in, in the fire service, we, you know, not everybody lives inside of the city, but um. You want me to just go into how we started, kind of what we are? Yeah, I know you've I know you've done a shit ton of interviews and podcasts, <laughs> and I know it gets it gets repetitive, but you have a whole new audience. I know you have a whole new audience, and um, it there's a lot of people that um, listen to us because they get inspired. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they, they find hope in in these stories, and um, that that's why I asked you to join us. So awesome. let, let let me kind of preface it. I guess I can spur the the, the start of this conversation with. You know, upon going to firefighters.org uh, website, which uh, those that are so inclined can donate to the cause, find out more about the cause. Uh, your tagline is we are dedicated. We are a dedicated group of professional firefighters who believe in liberty, freedom, or I'm sorry, let me restart that because we're going to edit this now. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, that's the beautiful thing about not doing this live. I don't sound like a blabbering uh, idiot. Um, your, your tagline is we are a dedicated group of professional firefighters who believe in liberty, free choice, and our great country, as well as the freedom it provides. What does that mean for you? So, whew, man, that means a lot. <laughs> you know, um, that's, a, that's a really rough subject right now because I think um, Americans in general, we have taken that for granted most most Americans were born into freedom. Correct. And I think that they have taken it for granted, not really knowing what they have. Um, I've traveled all over the world and lived in different places as well. And I've seen firsthand what the loss of that or the lack thereof uh, freedom and liberty really is. And so, I you know, mean, you've seen true oppression. Yeah, you know, and it's and this country was founded on immigrants. <clears throat> and, you know, when I mean, I work in the city of Los Angeles, 4 million people just in the city, um, the county is pushing close to 10. And, you know, I deal with a very diverse group of individuals, and a lot of them are immigrants. And when you have people who come here from whether it's third world countries, Eastern Bloc countries, places in Asia, they really value what this country has to offer. They value the freedoms and what liberty really means because they come from a place where that doesn't exist, you know? 
And so to me, I mean, it's just, it's so, it's probably, I mean, that's why I'm in this fight period. That's why we're in this fight, you know, because back in August of what year are we? 2021. Right. I know. August of 2021, you know, for a long time, I mean, I've, I've seen, and, and guys on our board have seen that there's something wrong and things are going sideways and, you know, COVID is, is a real disease is a real issue, but it's not an issue. And we saw these mandates coming. And so we got together and created, you know, we talked about how, what would we do if, and when that happened, um, if they put mandates on us and that time came faster than anybody thought, um, excuse me. And so the city put a mandate in place that basically stated, uh, this was at the end of August, beginning of September. And that mandate stated that you would be vaccinated by October 20th or lose your job. And so that was kind of a, a shocker, you know, how, how do you, how do you go for the past, you know, 20, 22 months doing your job, not having an issue whatsoever, you know, as called a, a hero or whatever, you know, um, so my buddy, if we, yeah. if we go back to the beginning of the pandemic, I think it's very interesting to understand the beginning to understand how we got to where we're at now. So we're back at the beginning. Nobody knows, you know, the, the, the vaccination doesn't exist at this point and everybody uh, is, is leaning upon the, the nurses and the firefighters and the EMTs and the medics to, you know, take care of them when they really don't know if they're going to die uh, themselves. Right. We, we don't know the mortality rate of this uh, new virus. So with that being said, LA locked down pretty hard right at the, at the onset of this, right? They were, if I, my memory serves me correctly, they, they were one of the first cities to just totally lock it down. Yeah, I've, I've been in the fire service with LA City for 21 years. And uh, I was at 9-11. And that was really eye-opening, mind-blowing. I never thought I'd see anything as wild as that. And, right. and I can definitely tell you that this tops the cake, not on the fact that, you know, we were attacked, uh, all the issues that went on with that and the sheer destruction. But again, like we talked about in the beginning, freedom and liberty, the loss of liberties and the destruction that has happened, not physically, but, you know, emotionally, psychologically, businesses, it just the structure of this country is, is I never thought I'd see anything like this. You know, it's really truly staggering. So yeah, LA city lockdown. <clears throat> the only time I've ever seen it where you could fire a cannon down the middle of the street was on nine 11, you know, the, and LA city is literally, it's, it's like a video game, like Frogger. I mean, there's, it's like New York city. There's just people everywhere. You right. know? And to actually be in that city with no one. And when I say no one, it's literally like a ghost town. There's, you could hear birds. I've never heard birds in the city of Los Angeles. You know, it's literally, you could hear a pin drop on the other side of the city. That's how, how crazy it was when they locked that place down. And, uh, 
it's like everybody on the planet died. I mean, that's the only way I can explain it. It, it literally was just a ghost town and to drive around and to just be like, where is everyone? Just so in the same breath, this is happening. You're still going into work at this yes. point. Yeah, um, we you're know. still re- responding to fires and uh, where you are. Uh, I don't know how it works out there. Are you strictly a firefighter assigned to a truck or are you uh, cross trained as an EMT medic? Yeah. So we, uh, we do both. We're, we're dual function. Um, I mean, we do have guys and girls that are just straight firefighters, but we run the paramedic service as well. Okay. So we're integrated. I'm dual function firefighter paramedic. Um, So, you know, we, we have a rotational system, basically, we run a task force system. We have engines and trucks, um, and then rescues. And so, you know, if you're a paramedic and you're dual function, all of our resources are assessment. And so we rotate onto an assessment engine or assessment truck. And yeah, so we do both. All right. So, so everybody's locked down. You're basically saying that you're living in a post-apocalyptic LA, uh, for, for lack of a better term. So, but you're still going to work. The police are still going to work and you're responding. And I, I suspect that for the draw, because you're cross-trained, you are now going, going on a plethora of people for breathing issues at this point. There's an influx of calls for service for potential COVID. Yeah. So, you know, that definitely did happen. There was, uh, we had a large surge of COVID. Uh, in the beginning, as everybody did. Sure. And when we know how viruses work, sure, that's, that's totally normal. Um, You know, I mean, I worked when we had the Ebola outbreak here. I mean, this is life and the world. And and that's the business that we're in is emergency services. And so, you know, we have to respond. It doesn't matter what it is, you know. And And what, what personal PPE were you afforded by LA County at that time in the beginning nothing you know i mean we just had our standard gloves and we really you know nobody knew what it was you know just i mean we had we know that covid was here before they shut everything down right right, so, right. i mean we're dealing with it prior to that as well once once they shut everything down i mean they they had a good grasp of what was going on and and now there was such an influx of everybody around the country just trying to buy up safety equipment and all that we didn't have stuff for quite a while, but once we did, you know, policies, we had policies that were put into place and so on and so forth. Um, basically, you know, if you, if you knew you had a COVID patient or somebody who was short of breath or that issue, then we would suspect COVID. Right. And we would, uh, have, you know, gloves, goggles, uh, gown. Um, we had a, uh, a one in one out rule. So if they were short of breath or whatever, you know, driver or attendant would stay outside. Mm-hmm. The other guy would go inside um, to limit your patient exposure. As soon as you go in, you know, we had N95 masks. As soon as you go in, you would put a mask on the patient. You get them on a gurney if you could get them outside into fresh air. That way both could work on it. Um, one person in the back, you know, ventilation systems in the rigs going at all times. Um, so so and- there were protocols put in place. Absolutely you know, uh, and but, us and the public safe. And at this point, you guys are, are responding to more and more of these type of calls. It seems like those are practical protocols to put in place. So you don't down an entire rig. I'm sure after the patient was dropped off, you had some sanitization process 
of the, the, the rigs to do. Um, and at this point, they still don't know the mortality issues with this virus. And you are still risking your lives at this point to go help others. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So that was all going on. You know, everybody's again, risking their life doing, you know, we don't know the mortality rate, the news and everything. So at that time I was working in our DOC, which is our department operations center. And then downstairs we had the EOC, which is emergency operations center. And, and that is where the mayor and all of his, all the city agencies would come together. They had a very difficult time mobilizing and getting things in place. So the fire department, because that's what we do is deal with emergencies. We pretty much took over the whole operation and ran logistics and, and ran uh, all of the issues that came out of this. We worked very closely with the mayor and the other city agencies. And, and who's the mayor at the time? Um, Garcetti. It's still, still the mayor? Still the mayor. Okay. Yeah. And um, so basically the fire department took that over and, and ran all of COVID during that. And so being in the DOC is very interesting, you know, because you're getting a lot of information from the Department of Health. You get, you know, you're getting information from everywhere. Yeah, Homeland yeah. Security is probably involved at this point. They're, you know, LA everybody. County being a huge city, so anybody who's anybody is involved in that operations uh, command Absolutely. at this point. So, you know, you're seeing, you know, TVs are on. You're running models. You're doing all of those things, trying to calculate and and steer the department in the best direction possible, right? You know, with the information that you're given, and. Um, it's interesting, you know, I mean, you look back at things now and you look at what they said death rates were and so on and so forth, you know, it's, it's totally different. But when you're there in, in the heat of the moment, and you're getting that information, you're, you're, you're preparing for, you know, that worst case scenario, how do we uh, mitigate this situation, you know, and keep the field safe, keep everyone inside of the DOC safe, and then our, our dispatch center, right, because it's very specialized. And so and ult ultimately go down, then the city goes down. Right. And ultimately at that point, as you said, you're in the heat of the moment and you don't have the luxury of that you do now of hindsight. So you're making the, the best decisions uh, that, that would apply to the right now to safeguard everybody, ensure that there's proper coverage to LA. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, you're seeing these numbers going up and, you know, and now, so we're, you're, we're tracking our individuals who's sick, who's not, you know, how do we setting up COVID sites as far as, you know, uh, isolation sites for when our members are sick so that they can be isolated, not sent home to their families, not destroy us, you know, a fire station and so on and so forth. I mean, so the logistics was absolutely mind boggling on all of the things that, that had to go on to, run a city of 4 million people. Okay. So, so let's, let's fast forward then. Well, <clears throat> let, let me digress a moment. So you've done all this. There's still no vaccination. Yeah. Um, so we're going to fast forward. The vaccination comes out. And so on this podcast, I, I just, I need to preface it because we preface it uh, on, on every time we talk about the vaccine is that we are not telling anybody not to get the vaccine. We are saying, if you want to get the vaccine, get the vaccine. But what our stance is against is mandating somebody to put arguably an experimental injection into their body. If anybody wants to do it, 
go ahead and do it. We feel the mandate is a, a uh, unconstitutional. unconstitutional government overreach at this point. So having said that, vaccines come out. I'm sure that obviously everybody knows they're afforded to first responders first, right? Those that wanted it probably, what, 30% of your department, I don't want to put words in your mouth. How, how many, how many members of your agency do you believe got vaccinated right from the jump? Let's just get on that bandwagon. In the beginning. I mean, up until recently, we had about 35% of our department was vaccinated or got the shot. Um, you know, <clears throat> and again, like you said, I'm going to preface this, our organization, firefighters for freedom, you know, we're not a union. We're a group of stakeholders inside of our department that came together over these mandates to stop the mandates because of their governmental overreach. And our, if you go, like I said, and look at, at our webpage and our mission statement and what we're about, we're about freedom of choice. And our website, you know, has education and everything in there. And so if you, like you said, if you want to get this shot, then make an informed decision and you get it. If you don't make an informed decision and get it, we're all about freedom of choice. That's what our constitution is all about, right? Freedom. And so Correct. again, uh, at, until recently, we had about 35% of our department that was, that we knew that was vaccinated or, and then right. we had. So <laughs> if we're laying out the case for, you know, first responders to, uh, to be able to, to make a, an argument that, you know, they get their choice, whether they get vaccinated or not. I think the the choice or the, you know, the, the beginning of that argument comes with once the vaccine is afforded the first responders, where was your COVID infection rate versus after that initial wave of uh, vaccinations that were voluntarily administered? Um, at the time when the vaccine came out, when the shot came out, where was our COVID infection rate? Yeah, for within the department, we run in, you know, four or five percent. I'm sure at the inception, you were probably up at about 10, 15 percent. That seems to be the, the national average at the inception of this. Most people have it. They got over it. They're back to work. Right. Yeah. Um, but, you know, then, you know, the, the arguments made because the other side and this is what we acknowledge the other side is arguing that, well, now, you know, why should your hesitation or your trepidation, uh, why should you be afforded to risk my life? Cause you don't want to get vaccinated. So the, the, you know, I, I'm trying to, you know, basically culture a, a reasonable uh, defense for that. Yeah. So <clears throat> I couldn't give you the actual vac, you know, not va vaccination, the actual infection rates at that time, it was very low. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when that came out. Um, so I don't know, you know, one, 2%, um, I okay. mean, over, I'm going to say that, you know, we've had over a third of our department that's been infected with COVID, um, since the inception of this. So we have about 3,400 members in our department. So we'll say, you know, 1100 roughly have, have had COVID, have had COVID, mm -hmm. um, you know, and we get that. What, why are you willing to risk my life to, you know, not get the vaccine and then come in to my house and possibly infect me? Well, you know, to that, there's, there's this thought process that, and it's not even thought process, it's data as well. There's never been one confirmed case anywhere 
of a first responder transmitting COVID to the general public. Yet when you, you know, you because of those safety precautions that we use, right? And 95s and whatnot. And 95 masks, gloves, goggles, one right. in, one out rule, um, decontamination of all of our equipment and our rigs. You know, what people don't realize also is that as firefighters and first responders, we're usually very healthy. I mean, we have to stay in good shape to, to do our job. And so with that, you know, we eat right, we take care of ourselves, we work out, we're not sick. We, we're afforded sick time too. Unlike, you know, some of the, the, you know, general public, they don't have sick time. So they have to go to work when they're sick. I do. I have sick days. So if I'm sick, I don't want to go to work. I'm going to stay home and take care of myself and get better. Right. Same time. I don't want to take whatever I have, whether it's the cold or flu, you know, COVID, whatever it is, I don't want to take that and infect my guys in my station. And I definitely don't want to infect the general public. So I'm going to stay home and take care of myself and deal with that. So, you know, now we also know as well that asymptomatic is not a spreader, right? If you, if you don't have any symptoms, you're not spreading the disease. We also know that Rochelle Walensky, head of the CDC, has come out and said that even if you are vaccinated, you still can catch and transmit the disease. So if that's the case, what is the purpose in that? Right. That's where I was going to uh, come in. So I'll let Mike uh, talk away. But I, it, it's funny. You <laughs> oh, know, you're there. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> well, you know, since he's a former fire chief, I, I let him yes. take the reins on this one. But uh, it, it's funny that people still don't get that. The vaccine does not stop the transmission of the disease. Correct. And, and, and it's like, Hey, if I'm not sick, I can't get you sick. Do you guys not realize this? You know, uh, the vaccine is to lessen your symptoms at this point. Should you contract the disease? They say, Oh, it's to keep you out of the hospital. Okay. We get that. So, you know, we, no, that's, we all, that's all I want to say. And, and so there's, a, I mean, there's a lot to unpack, you know, with all of that. I mean, we've, we've started our own internal bears report, you know, our foundation has started a bears report. And for people who don't know what bears is, that's your vaccine adverse effects reaction. I did not know that. So now I'm going to, I'm going to try to find yeah, the, the, the bears report, I think is skewed. I mean, I didn't know you guys created that. Sorry. Let me well, we, we created our own. We didn't create that. No. That's yeah. Right. That's what, I, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. No, I've, we've studied bears uh, extensively over the last like six months. Just, and I think those are numbers are skewed uh, yeah. personally. They even uh, say that, you know, uh, they come out, the, the government comes out and says that it's only about one to 10% of all cases are reported. So, right. I mean, if you sit there and you look at the, the last time I was looking at it, it was almost 900,000. Well, if that's only 1% or even 10%, holy mackerel, those are huge numbers because those numbers, if you go back from the time theirs was put into place 30 years ago, those numbers eclipse all of the other adverse reactions of all vaccines put together. Correct. I mean, it's staggering. So, so you look at that and you, to me, that's a, that's a giant red flag, you know, as a first responder, as a medical professional, that's, that's a huge problem. You, you know, I think a point of argument is realistically those that, that are, are, uh, you know, that are for the mandate saying, uh, 
specifically that I don't want you to get me sick by your, your, your lack of compliance. Have you had any firefighters that have had adverse reactions to getting vaccinated? Yeah. And so that's where we created our own internal bears report. Right. Was because of that. We, you know, I mean, you know how the fire system works, you know, you're working different stations, whatever, you know, everybody, right? Right. Depending on it's the a size. small world. It really is. It is. And so you work somewhere and they're like, Hey, you know, so-and-so just got the shot and he's off sick or this happened to him or whatever. And so we're like, why isn't the department talking about that? And so we put a report together and we still are collecting data on that. Um, the department will say, you know, we only have one or two guys that are off. Well, no, that's not correct. We have over 50 people that are injured from this shot. Um, you know, some are minor and again, some are life altering, life changing reactions. So you guys, you guys have to be one of the first like independent departments to, to come up with your own system. That's, uh, kind of groundbreaking in a way. Yeah, it's, it's, um, I don't know of anyone else that's doing it. I mean, you know, we started the foundation, um, and <clears throat> so we can kind of, if you want to jump back to that, we really didn't even talk about that. We've kind of gone, we're yeah, going all over the place, which yeah. is good. You no, know, yeah, it's good because I, I like to circle and I'm going to gen Saki it. Uh, I like to circle <laughs> back and kind of bring it all together. Um, so really quick, um, yeah. how many full-time employees do you, uh, does LA County firefighter association? Uh, well, so there's two different there's we're LA city. Mm-hmm. And then there's also LA County fire department. Okay. So LA city, LA how many city employees? Has about, uh, I can't give you the exact number, but somewhere around 3,400 plus 3,400. Okay. So, all right. So go ahead. I, I'm just doing some, some quick math. So go ahead. So basically again, we started, uh, we got our board of directors together um, from there. Um, we worked on getting a legal team together, uh, and that consists of uh, John Howard, Scott Street, and Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Really? Uh, yes. I did not know that. And so, from at that point, um, again, we got our members who were interested in it. Um, we've got about a thousand members right now that are in the lawsuit. Um, we went ahead and we filed our initial lawsuit. Um, on the constitutionality of the law uh, of their of their mandate and also 30 percent of of your workforce has got behind this lawsuit yes yeah that's amazing okay about 30 percent um and you know so and they all put skin in the game too they all put money in you know uh to retain our attorneys um you know and that all sits in a trust for the attorneys to deal with um so, and then we also created a social media presence. We created our web page, and we also created um, our Instagram page, which has blown up. I mean, we're pushing close to forty thousand people right now. Um, I think we've done that in six weeks or whatever, six eight weeks, and uh, we really push our message out there. So we filed the first lawsuit, um, <clears throat> and that basically again was on the constitutionality of of the mandates and and their faulty science and basically their science behind this what they're stating is that vaccination is the safest way to protect both the workforce and the general public 
And we disagree with that because, you know, we worked all through COVID. And now you, the longer this goes on, the more data comes out that proves that that is absolutely wrong. Right. So, and again, the head of the CDC comes out and says it doesn't, then, I mean, that pretty much blows a hole in their case. So once we did that, we started getting a lot of pressure, um, upper management uh, through the city council and the mayor started getting pressure and they started pushing that down on us. And you know, unfortunately, the leadership in our department is lack appointed. <laughs> yeah, well, yes, I mean, yeah. the fire chief is, but then, you know, going down the, the chain of command through all the command staff, it's horrible. You know, I mean, number one thing in the fire service is you take care of your, your employees, right, in any business, period. But so they started pushing back at us and through using a lot of intimidation, coercion, um, harassment, you know, and, and anybody who's worked in the fire service knows that bullying and harassment, I mean, we have volumes and manuals on that stuff. And here's our leadership basically coming down and doing the exact thing that they're telling us, you know, we can't do, we have, we'll get in trouble for. Right. And so they're, they're pushing these shots on everyone that basically you need to get this or you're going to be terminated. There is no option, you know, and continuing that narrative. So they're trying to separate the wheat from the chaff, you know, get guys to peel off, pull out of this lawsuit, all of these things to separate us, right? The vision. Um, and so with that, we filed a secondary lawsuit for punitive damages, um, you know, based on the stress and all, all of the intimidation, everything that's going on um, for uh, $2.1 billion okay. um, against the city of Los Angeles. And so when we did that, I think they realized, you know, that we're not messing around and that, you know, we're not going to stop. One, one quick question. So firefighters for freedom is one group. Now, yeah. what about being unionized? So we have a union. Um, it's the local 112 UFLAC United Firefighters for Los Angeles City. And um, from the beginning, they've said that they support us. Um, but they didn't think that we could win. They didn't see that we had a case. Um, to me and, and our group, it felt like they, they felt it was a labor issue. And there are labor issues involved in this, but my sovereignty as a free human being and to be able to make choices for my body, my body autonomy is not a labor issue. You have no place in the workforce to negotiate away what I do with my body. And so we felt it was a constitutional issue and that's how we approached it. And so from the beginning, we went in two separate directions. You know, they said they're going to deal with the labor issues, which they were very slow to move on. Um, right. And those have been stricken down pretty much in every uh, court in the nation, the, the, the labor side of it. Um, but what you have holds water. That's where I really think that the unions misstepped. Well, with I'm going to, I'm going to guess that, you know, their, their union is, uh, you know, my union is United Steelworkers, which is, is a gigantic organization as well, but there it's very political, unfortunately. Um, yes. and as soon as they were thrown money, you know, uh, they, they don't, they don't think about human rights at that point. It's uh, they're going to side with the, the major companies and get, you know, they, they get on their uh, vaccination uh, 
the bandwagon. You might, sure. you know, get vaccinated and then, and then all of a sudden, and then try to sell it as a, a golden egg for the employees saying, Oh, we're going to get you, you know, $3,000 to get exactly. vaccinated. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, that's the thing you're like, why are you giving incentives out? You know, I mean, that was happening in our department, you know, the fire station that gets, you know, so many, you know, we're looking at 500 to a thousand dollars will go into your, your bank, you know, and you guys can use it for your station or whatever. It's like, this is absolutely wrong. If this thing is so great and it protects people, you should have people lining up for it. You're not giving incentives. We're not giving donuts and beer and all that other stuff. You gotta be kidding me. Something's wrong. These are all red flags. Um, and so I'm, you know, our union, I mean, we pay our union almost $5 million a year in union dues. And, you know, it's like, you guys need to be supporting us. A union is you're fighting for all of your employees, not just, you know, one specific group. So this is a big issue. And yeah, I think this is an ideological wedge though, that, you know, the, the, the union's stance is for, you know, they want to say for the, the department as a whole and the department employees as a whole, where they're not thinking specifically about individual sovereignty. I, I think that's really, really where the ideological went, you know, just, you know, you're talking apples and oranges at that point, because, you know, while, while you're thinking about what am I going to put in my body right now, they're thinking about, well, what's the next 10 years going to be if we play ball with this? So d- different strategic uh, totally. concerns. And on that, on that union issue, um, only because we're running out of time and, and I don't want to forget about this. You guys uh, had a firefighter uh, put up a really powerful post a few days ago. Um, <laughs> With the healthiest mustache I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah. Yeah. The mustache yeah. game is strong. <laughs> uh, and after 16 years, it appears he's no longer a firefighter. Uh, can, can you talk about his story a little bit? Yeah. So he's on our board of directors and um <clears throat> Basically, they, you know, they, they pushed our, our mandate. We were supposed to be terminated October 20th. They pushed it since we were so dangerous and a hazard to the, to the public um, and that we're going to infect and kill everyone. They moved the goalpost and now it's December 18th. So we're still employed till then. But in, in the new deal with this, uh, they bit with the, the second mandate that they pushed through and all the terms and conditions, one of those was that they changed our condition of employment, which violates, uh, you know, our MOU and contract and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. You can't do that. So they're violating labor laws there as well. In addition to that, they're basically stating, you know, that we have to sign up for all this testing through Bluestone, which is corrupt. Um, They sell all your data, give it to China, so on and so forth. Um, And if, if you don't, they came to him and they said, here you go, here's your notice. If you don't, do all of these steps that are in here in the next 48 hours and comply, you're going to be put off duty, leave no pay. Well, you can't do that. That's illegal. And it violates a Supreme court law, Skelly versus state of California that protects our job as a civil servant, right? A property right to that job. So basically he has until actually today to agree to that, or they're going to put him off duty, leave no pay pending disciplinary action and termination and they that's illegal 100 illegal they can't do that but yet they're they're not doing anything 
in the realm of legality. You know, they're not following the law in any aspect. They're violating constitutional laws. Now they're violating Supreme Court laws. They're violating labor laws. There's a lot of issues at play here. And so. So where's the lawsuit sit? Uh, the lawsuit is in court right now. Uh, well, it's not in court. Uh, we filed an, a preliminary injunction on last Tuesday night. Um, and we are on Monday. It was pushed out. I don't know the exact date that the court was set, but we do have a ex parte hearing and the city has agreed to move the date up to the 17th of December. Um, as you know, we're, we're scheduled to be terminated on the 18th. So with Jeff, you know, the issue and it's happening all over, like I go to work tomorrow and I'm expecting to get my notice to comply or be off duty, you know, uh, pending my termination. Leave so no there's ahead. no due process at this point, do it or you're gone. Yeah, there is no, there is no due process. There is no, there's nothing. It's either comply or be fired because they want a hundred percent vaccination. Rate. Now, how, how, how can they even do that with the, the pending litigation? That injunction can't be served by the, the judge. It says, look, all these guys have to stay status quo till there's a finding on this. Is the judge not willing to do that at this point? Well, the, the preliminary injunction was filed. And so when they go in for the ex parte on, uh, I think it's Monday um, of next week, uh, we'll see what happens with that. Um, okay. But again, you know, it's Los Angeles, it's California, very liberal. Um, sure. And unfortunately, you all are the, the guinea pigs of this. I mean, yeah, from so that's, that's one of the things that's super important. And that's why we're not going to lay down. You know, we will not bend. We will not break on this. We're going to take this all the way to make strike these mandates down as unconstitutional, because what happens in Los Angeles and what happens in California spreads across the country like wildfire, you know, the good uh, and the bad. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. You know, and so if we can get this knocked down and we can set precedent, then that's going to change a lot for this country. So has the OSHA mandate, now that that's been kind of struck down and OSHA stepped back and said, eh, this might be an overstep, that, that's got to help your case. No, they doubled down. That's when they started dropping the notices and being like, okay, here you go. Right, but uh, I read yesterday that, that OSHA I, just walked hope. that back. OSHA yeah. said they're not, they, they can't do it. Yeah, and, and I agree, you know. That's that's what mandates are. They're a sidestep around the legislative branch of government, right? right? And because most Americans, most people don't understand what a how the process of law works and what a mandate is, anything that is contrary to the Constitution, anything that's repugnant to the Constitution is null and void. Uh, general rule in the Constitution, right? And so right. these mandates, that's why... It, the guy that's sitting in the White House right now, you know, Biden, he's he's not making this into law because he knows he can't get it passed. So if we just say it's mandated or we just create a mandate with a swipe of a pen and say this is what it is, then everybody goes along with it because they don't understand that it's against the law. Right? It's, a, it's like a whole nother podcast. It, it's yeah. so frustrating, you know, when, when Americans should be questioning everything and yes. instead it's yes, 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 sir. Yes, ma'am. And, and the problem is, and when you hit, hit the nail on the head, it's, you know, we could do another hour on just the propaganda machine. And, you know, this is the United States and there's so much propaganda out there 
you know, for this vaccine that, that's supported by major news outlets, you're not getting the truth. And the truth, you know, I think there was a two second blurb on, on Fox News about the, the OSHA uh, rescinded. Uh, recension uh, of their of that that aspect of the mandate but that should be national news and Absolutely. when pressed about it the white house says oh yeah they said it but we're still encouraging employers to have to, to follow this mandate come on <laughs> right it, it, it makes you it, it, i i feel like i'm that german shepherd in, in all those photos that that my head just turned and almost broke my neck looking at, at the yeah. tv well and in saki's press conference yesterday you know she was still hammering home about five to 12 year olds you know and it's like once again another propaganda uh, podcast um all right so let's let's wrap on this so firefightersforfreedom.org what can our viewers do to help Besides go to that website donate to this cause is there a congressman or is there a point of contacts that they can call to let their voices be heard. I mean, we've got a reach that goes across the pond. So yeah. with that being said, what can our viewers do to help? Donating is definitely huge. I mean, if you can go there and donate, I don't you know, a dollar, five dollars, whatever you can is amazing because this fight is, you know, is a big fight. Um, and we will take this all the way to the end. And we um, thank you for that, by the way. Yeah. I, I know, I know there are so many nurses out there that, you know, oh, they they're a whole different uh, topic, you know, so many that are not unionized or fr- they can't say the word union, they, they don't know how to even fight this. Uh, so we, we thank you guys for, for leading the way. Yeah. You guys are trailblazing. Uh, you yeah. guys really are. And no, no pun intended because you're firefighters, but you're trailblazing. Right, I, <laughs> I mean, it's awesome. So you can, you can go there, you can contact us. We're actually creating chapters as well. Right now um, we have like New Jersey, San Diego, Arizona. We've got a lot of different chapters as well. We put a, a system together to help other departments and agencies that are dealing with these mandates. Um, or that think they're going to be dealing with these mandates so that you can get a jump on this and kind of figure out what to do. Um, you can write the city council of Los Angeles or the mayor, go to their, their uh, site and, and just bombard them, you know, with emails, um, call them, whatever you can do. Um, and do, do you have a, are you able to say the law firm that's representing your, uh, your association's name? Yeah, it's John Howard and associates and he's out of San Diego. John Howard and John Howard and Associates. The reason I asked that is we get inundated with uh, questions of, uh, you know, we, who can we yeah. reach out to? Because I can't find an attorney locally that will help. It takes a lot of stones to yeah. uh, be willing to take a case on like this. So I think you know, acknowledgement of that uh, uh, needs to happen as for, well. For as little of a podcast as we may be, uh, we get thousands upon thousands of messages. Yeah, whether it's how do I fill out a religious exemption? Where do I go for that? How do I get this exemption? Who do I contact for this? And, uh, you know, if we can help in any way, we, we try to do our best. Yeah. And I mean, if you guys ever have any of those questions, you know, you can shoot me something and, and I can, you know, give it back to you guys and, and you can put it out there on one of your podcasts or whatever. You know, one of the biggest things we're, we're public sector employees. So we're a little different in the way that we're attacking this, you know, sure. the, the thought process and what I see and what we see is they're coming after first responders, number one, because if people look up to us, you know, and my buddy said last night at, at this rally we went to, he says, you know, if you, you, you sit there and you, 
you want to make a fireman uncomfortable, call him a hero, right? Because we don't like that. It's not, it's just, it's our job. And, and we go and do it because that's how we're built, right? And so, but people do look up to us in that aspect as heroes, as, you know, frontline workers that are do things that most other people wouldn't. And so if they can come after the first responders and they can take us out, and the general public sees that we'll take a knee or we'll bend or we'll make an example of this, you guys. Yeah. They're going to basically take that and run it over the American people. And, and there will be no hope left for this right. country because it, everything will be mandated and regulated after that. There will be no more rule of law. Absolutely. So, you know, we're take, we have a platform and, and I'd be remiss if, if I failed to use that and, and put our voice out there for people to hear and understand that you're not alone, you're not on an island. And as Americans, we need to take this country back and we need to stand together because there's power in numbers. There's only 300 and what, 30 some odd people in Congress, right? right. How many people are at your local level? And so this needs to be a grassroots movement from the bottom up. If you don't like what's going on in your school board, that they're mandating vaccinations for your children in school, or, you know, your dog catcher's a jerk and you don't like what he's doing, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Those people are there because we voted them in. We put them into those places and we have that ability to take them out and to put ourselves in those positions. So, I mean, we're seeing a huge movement. The moms, the women of this country are leading the charge like I've never seen before. And man, I want to give them all the props because, you know, they're stepping into those positions of power and, and those roles. And they're really that's they're disrupting. They're disrupting the system. I love it. Yep. And that's what we need. And, and so as Americans, every if you get nothing else out of this, get a group together in your neighborhood, in your neighborhoods, band together go into these stores without a mask on. What are they going to do? Arrest you? I mean, you got 20 people in there shopping without a mask. What are they going to, come on, we outnumber them. And this is, everything's based on fear. Stop being afraid because we're Americans. We're not afraid. You've been programmed with this 24 hour news media to be afraid. Let's go out and reclaim our lives and take our country back you know, move into these positions in your, in your local city council and so on and so forth. Because if you don't, this is what's gotten us where we're at. And this is the conundrum that we're in. We can change that. And everybody has to just band together. This isn't a left versus a right issue. This isn't backs versus unbacks, whatever your religion, sexual preference, any of that. We're all Americans and we all need to come together as a group, as Americans and just move forward and really take our country back. Perfectly know? said. And, and yeah. since Mike and I have started this, uh, you know, f- being a voice uh, months and months ago, you know, hashtagged it, you know, together we stand and, you know, yeah, perfectly true. Said. It all, it, it, that trans, you know, being an American transcends uh, everything else. And, and with that being said, you said it so eloquently and perfectly. I, I've got nothing else to add except saying thank you for coming on our podcast today. Oh. Uh, to our viewers, firefightersforfreedom.org. And John, uh, I I hope that uh, as you guys progress through this and and things continue to happen and work out for you guys that you come back on and give us updates. Man, we, it, we won't take an hour of your time up. Yeah. I, know, I know you're busy, but you know, 15 minute updates w- w- would be great as well. Cause we, we want to continue to follow this. 
I'll spend as much time as you guys want. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm here in this fight. We're here in this fight, you know, and, and to get our message out and to inspire people and really, we got to bring Americans back together. You know, they've done a great job at dividing us and, and that, that, that's over. And I'll tell you, I'm seeing that firsthand experience everywhere I go. People are coming together. Like this, this truly is the shot that's heard around the world. Yes. You know, this is our 1776 and they thought they were going to divide us. And it's really bringing people together. I mean, it's, it's truly amazing. The tide was starting to turn uh, after yesterday. It's turning even faster. And I, and I think we're heading up. We're heading in the right direction. So, yeah, I think so too. It's awesome. Thanks. Thanks again, John. I really appreciate it. Thank you guys. Great. Awesome. All right.